Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And uh, how are you doing tonight, Austin? I am doing great. Thank you for asking, Colin. Uh, It's a little chilly here today. I think that's my biggest complaint tonight. Yeah, I mean, the you know, weather got back up into the 70s today, earlier in the day, at least where I'm at. Um, oh, so I didn't go out. Really I, nice. I didn't get to see outside at all today, so I wouldn't uh, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that you have taken, it looks like, two measures to keep yourself a little warmer here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while we're doing this. You have your robe on, which yes. is keeping mm-hmm. your torso cold, and then you have the world's worst mustache, which is keeping... <laughs> <laughs> The tiniest portion of your upper lip warm, I'm assuming. <laughs> Guys, I will I will get a screenshot of this for you while we're while we're recording here. This is quite frankly like the word creep stash in the dictionary. You look it up and it's Colin sitting here with his damn mustache and it's so bad. It's so what bad. um what did you compare it to pre-show here? So if anyone's ever seen The Office, the episode where there's a flasher. And Pam draws the picture of Dwight with a very, very faint mustache on him. And he can't tell that it's him from the picture. That's basically what Colin looks like with this mustache. It apparently took him a week to grow. It did. It did take me a week to grow. My fiance last Saturday. Well, not quite a week yet. Um, like five days. Uh, so my fiance on Saturday last week um, decided she wanted to see what I looked like with the mustache. And for anybody she, who she didn't ask you to stop yet <laughs> no she's like no, okay she i get it not. i get it she is not no um i am like notoriously baby-faced cannot grow facial hair never have been able to my entire life like those you know i tried to do movember one year in college and it was just quite frankly like i got multiple reports made fi- filed with like you know campus police and everything like that there's this creepy guy walking around with a mustache so I had to stop for everybody's sake, bringing it back now. Um, it's not any better. Um, what is this? I'm eight years removed from college, seven years removed from college. Um, and it is, it is not any better at all. No, it's really, really bad. So, um, yeah, we'll get a nice picture of it for you guys and, uh, Colin (laughs) smile for me right now. There we go. Uh, That's a good picture. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. But enough about uh, me and my robe and my mustache. Um, we'll get into it here. Uh, hit some news. Um, we got a. You know, it's, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season here, so we'll recap some some things real quickly here. Uh, you know, look at some Week Five preview, and then uh, I'll get you out of here, Austin, as promised. How's that sound? You better uphold your promise. Wow. All right. <clears throat> the worst comes to worst. I just make fun of your mustache. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mustache. That's true. I got to I gotta give you something to keep coming back here. I'll find something for next week, too, because I, I don't imagine this mustache lasts much longer than a week. It can't. There's it no can't. way. Like, you had going to work with that, right? I did. Yeah. Well, so I went in on Tuesday and Wednesday oh this God. week, um, and it's like... I mean, you'll see from the screenshot here, uh, but it's like faint enough to be like, oh, maybe he just didn't shave. Like maybe he got really busy and just forgot to shave for a couple of days. Um, it doesn't necessarily look intentional. 
<laughs> so I think I could get away with it this week. Next week might be a different story. Nobody asked me about it, actually. You are the first person to comment on it. Well, so you, I think you had mentioned to me that you were doing this. And yeah, obviously, it had it didn't show up at all on Monday when we were yeah, doing no the campus life, but um, it's uh, it's noticeable now. Yeah, not good. In, in not a good way. Yeah. Um, but all right, we'll get into it here. This podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, and if you're looking for some additional NFL or CFF content, uh, Fantasy Points is a great resource for that. Uh, you can use promo code CAMPUS22 for 10% off of a membership over there. Um, some quick hitters here on the news side. Zappy Hour is officially upon us. Uh, Brian Hoyer is on IR. Mac Jones was limited this week. Uh, not expected to play here. Uh, so we're going to get some Bailey Zappy time for anybody who is a college football fan. It's pretty um, amazing to me that they tried to make it sound like Matt, uh, that Mac Jones might lose his leg last week. And then they were like, well, he's a game time decision. We might rule him out there. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Zappy looked fine last week. Mm -hmm. Not going to win you games, but I don't think Belichick's going to put him in a position that he has to. So I, I, um, I know this was supposed to be kind of a, a quick hitter, but I, I think he's an interesting guy. I mean, I think if if they didn't already have Mac Jones, I could see him kind of just like taking that job because he seems like the kind of guy that Bill Belichick is like, don't do anything stupid. Like we're going to run like these these 15 plays and like he could go out and, and execute it fine. Yeah, I think Bailey Zappi can be a long term NFL backup, um, you know, and even like a, a potential bridge quarterback at times you know he can start here and there so yeah i don't know i, I mean I, I like bailey zappy uh but we'll keep going with the quick hitters here uh deandre swift and amon ross st brown are both not practicing this week they are both looking doubtful um tyrod taylor uh and daniel jones both injured last week daniel jones has been limited in practice this week it does sound like he's going to give it a go but they did sign jake from uh, in case that they, he's not able to go there. Kyle Pitts did practice today as did not practice today. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on and monitor here. Uh, I expect him to be, to give it a go this week here and to play, but keep an eye on that one. Rashad Penny did not practice yesterday or today with a shoulder injury. Uh, and that's Wednesday and Thursday for anybody listening to this, um, probably on Friday. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on there with him. Um, Kenneth Walker might get his first start of the season this week. So keep an eye out on that. And in other rookie news, Brian Robinson designated for return one month after the shooting incident. Uh, very good to see him back uh, returning to the field here. Um, for a little bit of a short discussion on some news here, Kenny Pickett officially named the starter this week. Austin, you are a Steelers fan. How are we feeling about this one? I love it. Um, even if you don't think that Kenny Pickett is good, like I'm still pretty skeptical on his long-term outcome. Like I think just trotting a uh, Trubisky out there for 13 more games is risks losing a locker room, especially a locker room that right now is missing uh, a couple of pieces. So uh, I think it's a really good thing that you saw it give them a bit of a, a, 
uh, an energy last week when he came in, gave the crowd an energy. Um, and I think that like, even if Kenny Pickett is what I kind of expect him to be, I don't know that it could be any worse than Trubisky because he hasn't had all these bad habits beaten into his head yet. So I like it. I think, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be like Ben's rookie year where he came in that game, he lost to the Ravens and then we went 14 and 0 his next 14 starts. That's not going to happen, <laughs> but, um, and I, I even might lose a bunch of these next of these games. Cause like, this was kind of the tough stretch of the schedule here, like with Buffalo, um, uh, I think like new England, there might be, there, there, there's a couple tough games in here, but, um, but I, I like the move. I think they had to make it in Tomlin. I think realize that yeah Tomlin's a pretty smart personnel guy um so I mean I I think that this was maybe a little bit earlier than what he wanted to play Pickett but Trubisky has just looked bad he looked bad last week against the Jets so like you said why keep trotting out the corpse of Mitch Trubisky when you just took this guy in the first round you know give him a shot George Pickens looked good last week, um, you know, so he's coming along. It's giving him another weapon there. He has some pieces to work with in the skill positions. I think he's going to continue to get better throughout the year here. Uh, if you have Kenny Pickett, though, are you comfortable starting him at any point here? Or if you have to start him, is it just kind of mail the season? In? How bad's my other option? The thing about Pickett is I think he is, he will run a little bit. I think I could see him getting... 20 to 30 rush yards a game probably at least so that's you know two to three points that's a that that raises his floor a little bit he threw three interceptions last week one of them was on a hail mary to end the game like whatever yeah. doesn't matter uh and actually as we were sitting there why i was like why didn't he knock like i was like they should have knocked that down like i don't know why you would try to catch that we've seen that go wrong so many times um and then the other two both went off receivers hands uh and the the fire mutual was a little tougher of a catch the claypool one like claypool is just dog water he should have caught it um <laughs> so like the three interceptions look alarming but realistically he probably should have thrown maybe one max like if there was like a interceptions above expectation i'm sure he was way above whatever the the numbers would be so i think his his floor is going to be pretty safe but i don't th really think he'll have like a 30 pointer in his bag this year i'd actually be pretty surprised i don't know that we're going to pass the ball at the steelers well enough to to with that kind of volume the defense is still pretty decent. Like they're not giving up a ton of points. Buffalo this week will be interesting. But um, so I like, am I comfortable starting him? Maybe in certain spots. Uh, and he wouldn't be awful as a QB two if you have a really, really good quarterback one. But um, I, if you're looking for like a savior, I don't think you're going to find it from him this year. He'll get more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if he it's hard for him to be worse than what Trubisky was, um, does this elevate the rest of the skill players on the team in terms of their fantasy value? I mean, we saw Deontay Johnson kind of struggling fantasy wise this year. Yeah, Deontay's gotten a lot of targets still, and he got a fair amount in this one. I, the, he was in for like 23 pass plays or something. So like the sample size is not great enough to draw any real conclusions from. But I believe I saw that that he, he targeted Fryermuth and Pickens each at least like 30% of the time. And then Deontay got like 17% of the targets. Claypool got a handful. So I think that will actually kind of be the pecking order. Though I think the notable um, thing is that Najee did not get a single target last week when he was in. So I think that's something to watch. That's what made him so valuable the year before, that, that first Bengals game where he got 17 targets or whatever. 
I, we're not going to see that again this year, which again is why I've been advocating for a while here to, to sell Najee. But I think, I think Pickens becomes a legitimate, you know, in deeper leagues where you're starting, you know, up to four or five receivers at a time. I think he's a legitimate guy that you can plug into your lineup because he's going to get a fair amount of targets and he's going to get valuable targets. Like he's going to get, it's not going to be like the best offense ever, but when they are in the red zone, he's going to get those targets. He's going to get some downfield stuff. Um, Pickens really likes, or uh, Pickett really likes him. So the Pickett and Pickens connection here. Uh, is this something yeah. that we think, um, you know, could build and, and, you know, turn Pickens into a, you know, viable weekly fantasy option in his rookie year and then even beyond? 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think most fantasy leagues nowadays, you're starting more than like, you know, uh, 10 years ago, it was like two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex and you know whatever. Like now it's a lot of leagues are, you know. <laughs> two to three wide receivers and then like three flex and then that kind of a setup which is becoming more and more common yeah i think he's a weekly starter basically from here on out because i don't think he's ever going to draw well it, i guess it would depend on what defense they're playing but like if, if it's a team that has a great corner and they shadow i don't think you're ever going to shadow him i think they're more likely to shadow uh deontay so i don't think he's gonna he's gonna draw uh enormous coverage shifted his way um and I th- he's got like all the athletic tools to do some fun stuff. So yeah, I think he's I think he's a plug and play. Like I think the rest of the year will be similar to like Bateman's rookie year, maybe or like the, kind of like on that plane, like wide receiver three ish. Okay, gotcha. And then you know Claypool, what his correct me if I'm wrong. I mean you're the Steelers fan here. His contract is up after this year, right? Uh, or does he have one? No, more? I think he has one more year left okay. on it. There's a four-year deal, um, I believe. Yeah, he has through 2023, and then he's okay. a free agent. Gotcha. They're not going to re-sign him. Just yeah, so that- everybody knows they re-signed Deontay. They drafted Pickens specifically. They don't like him. Just like the, the team does not like him. I do not believe the organization has been in love with him. Um, I his, his days here in Pittsburgh are numbered. So Pickens, the wide receiver two now, or is that a transitional thing? Um, if you're going to talk the first, you know, 15 plays or whatever, the scripted plays, I think Claypool will get more scripted looks because Matt Canada uses him a lot in the offense as like the, the guy that motions that we see all the time now and they get that little pop pass or whatever. Like he's that guy for the Steelers. But like in in terms of like, where does the quarterback prefer to go? Yes. He's going to be the wide receiver too. And I think Friar Muth is interesting too. Cause he, he seems to like Friar Muth. So. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting notes there. So Pickens um, probably a buy then at this point. A hundred percent, but I think it's going to be difficult to buy him. Like I think you had to buy him. For instance, we're in a league together. I offered Pickens and a depleted first for Drake London. And the person did not accept that. And now I would never do that trade in a bajillion years because I thought it would be a while before we saw Pickett. Um, okay. So like, I think the the buy window is pretty firmly closed. Gotcha. Well, uh, still worth maybe throwing an offer out there because he had one big week, you know, and then I expect this week actually, you know, against Buffalo, I, I think given that defense, Pickett might struggle. And then if Pickens... Pickett struggles. Pickens might struggle. Is Buffalo still missing all their DBs, though? I know both their safeties have been out. I believe at um, one point they were down like their four starters or whatever. Yeah, I think um, I think Poyer is back. Okay. Um, 
but I don't know about the other ones. Because there's going to be volume. Like, they're going to have to pass the ball yeah. this week. So. Yes, that's for sure. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on there. But, um, yeah, George George Pickens is a guy that I know you and I were both pretty high on throughout the the whole process here. Um, and then I think the Steelers were pretty much the perfect landing spot there for him. Uh, I think he's a, a guy who can be a perennial wide receiver, too, uh, in the league. Um, you know, and even have some some wide receiver one upside there because, you know, you have um, not necessarily direct one for one comp, but you have comped his play style and his tenacity a little bit to James Blackman. Correct. Yeah, he's just like one of those those fighters like Des yeah. Bryant, James Blackman, Michael Crabtree, like those guys that are just like in your face. They're not scared of you. Um, I, I like that in a receiver. He definitely has that. Yeah, and I think that can lend itself to you know some boom weeks there. But I think perennially he'll be a wide receiver too moving forward. I have him in a lot of places because I was pretty high on him there. Um, but we will move in, enough with the Steelers hour here. No. Uh, <laughs> I got to keep you around somehow. There are little nuggets here and there. Your, your bag of tricks has to be getting low. You can't have that much left. <laughs> it is. It is getting pretty low. Um, but... Uh, we'll move here into our quarter season recap. Um, you know, it's four four weeks through, so not technically the quarter of the season, but you know, essentially a quarter of the season so far here. So, um, who has been the biggest? What has been the biggest surprise for you so far through this part of the year? Yeah, there's a lot of good answers to this. The 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 name that you put down on here, I think, is a really good one. Um, I think how bad the Denver Broncos offense has looked from a chemistry perspective is very surprising. That's an honorable mention. Um, I think Miami looked a little better than I thought they would out of the gates. Like these are all just kind of like honorable mention ones mm-hmm. here, but the the ones that I put down is the Detroit lions. Um, everybody on that team, like every position um, is they have a guy that is top of the league at their spot for fantasy purposes. I mean, Jared Goff is a quarterback five in traditional quarterback scoring. Uh, 1,100 yards thus far, 11 touchdowns. He's not making a ton of back-breaking mistakes, which is kind of what he's was known for in L.A., and that's why he left and, and got traded. And um, He's actually been pretty dang good this year. I would actually say that he's elevated the other guys in that offense. You know, you're talking, uh, funnily enough, like DeAndre Swift is the RB22. He missed a game, game and a half here. Jamal Williams, the guy that came in for him, is the RB6 on the here. Like he, they're featuring both of those guys pretty heavily. And then on top of that, I'm going to St. Brown. It's been the wide receiver eight. He didn't even play at all last week and was banged up and, and wasn't really at full strength for at least half the game before that. So, I mean, they, they have all these at Hawkinson. I mean, last week was really his only good week and that's enough to elevate him to like tight end four or whatever he is at the moment. Well, that but was a monster week. It was, I mean, <laughs> I, that's probably, you feel pretty good saying that's probably the best week that anybody will have at tight at a tight end position this year. I mean, it's um he's he's tight end two right now, uh, basically just off the back of one week. But I mean, th- this whole offense is performing very very well. I kind of have to. The defense isn't there yet. But if I'm a team that's rebuilding, I would have rather build out the offense and try to kind of try to figure out the the defense later. They've done a really good job of that. The offensive line is very good and it's locked up for a while. Um, like they, what I I don't know that that what's his name is the the coach to get them there. Dan Campbell. Like, yeah, I don't know if Campbell's the guy. But he might be that that coach that we look back on in a few years, and the Detroit Lions actually have like a pretty good team. And we say like he he kind of got them to the precipice, and then they hired that guy that took them over the edge. And that that initial coach is still pretty valuable too. So like I I really like the situation there. I know 
they're kind of a lovable loser. I'm sure Detroit fans are tired <laughs> of hearing everybody like, oh, I root so hard for Detroit because that means that you suck and you've sucked for a really <laughs> long time and you have no enemies. But I, I, I do think they're kind of figuring it out here and they've done this the right way. And I, they'll, they'll probably finish bad enough this year that if they want to go get another quarterback and they want to replace Jared Goff, I think that's probably possible for them. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, Goff has been offer, operating that offense well so far this has, year. I mean, you know, he is a NFL starting caliber quarterback. You know, say what you want about that. Um, <coughs> but the rest of their defense has been pretty bad. You know, they are giving up a ton of points. So I think that, you know, maybe they, they roll another year with Goff and get some, get some help on the defensive side there. But another big thing there is their offensive coordinator is a, pretty much an unknown um ben johnson is yeah ben johnson so. he was a tight ends coach there um and then dan campbell kept him on staff he was the pass game coordinator last year um under anthony lynn and they promoted him to offensive coordinator this year and i mean he's been he's been moving the ball they've been scoring they have pieces he's putting them in positions to win um so i think that was that's a really interesting storyline there as well. Cause I had no idea who this guy was um, before, you know, like last week, you know, I, I didn't even, I didn't follow this line, this, you know, that hire at all. Uh, and then I was like, wow, they're really cooking. Like who's their offensive coordinator. And I, it's Ben Johnson, not the they guy I went to high school with though. You went to school with a Ben Johnson. I did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that common of a name. I'm shocked that you know another mm-hmm. Ben Johnson. I know. I know me too. Huh. You see, I had to look it up. I was like, is this the same guy? It was not. Uh, it was no, not. Um, my biggest surprise so far um, is Geno Smith. I think that's the that's the easy answer here. Um, you know, he flamed out in, in uh, New York with the Jets there and just never really, never really realized what people kind of hoped maybe he could be, you know, goes to Seattle and backs up Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's gone. And and now Geno Smith is stepping in and they are, that offense is playing well. Um, You know, he's a QB 10 in fantasy right now. He's actually first in adjusted completion percentage too. Um, So, you know, he, it's not like he's just doing it all with his legs or, you know, he's just, heaving it up for DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf hasn't even been that great so far this year. Um, Geno Smith's been spreading the ball around. He's been playing well and he has the Seattle at two and two Seattle's a team that I thought was going to be in contention for the last place, you know, for last place, get the first overall draft pick. It's looking like that might not happen here anymore. Um, And Seattle actually has the third most points scored in the NFC. Uh, which is is pretty surprising. You know, it's more than the Rams. It's damning on the rest of the NFC, maybe. It is a little A bit. lot of those teams have struggled that we thought would be good this year. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but with Geno Smith, one caveat to his performance so far is he has played Atlanta and Detroit, two teams who do not have very good defenses. Um, so I think that that is definitely bolstering his number. So I don't expect Geno Smith to finish as the QB 10 in fantasy. Um, but I'm not writing him off either. Not that he would write back anyway. And so you say, you know, you don't expect him to finish as the quarterback 10. What do you expect Seattle to finish at? Cause you were just talking about, you know, do they, do they finish in a place to get a replacement for him? Like, what are they doing there? I mean, 
500 I, with this is like non-scientific i'm not looking at their schedule but 500 seems like a stretch even though they they've been 500 so far I, uh, seven wins six wins i think they're like a six seven win team honestly um you know i haven't looked at their schedule either beyond that but they play in a pretty tough um con or pretty tough division there i mean the rams have been kind of disappointing but i still think they're pretty good um the cardinals have a good offense you know the san francisco is pretty good as well there um you know, so I, I struggle to see them being better than 500. I think six, seven wins is kind of where it hangs out. And that's bad enough this year that they're not going to get another quarterback. Um, but, you know, we've talked on Campus Life, uh, the Monday, um, Tuesday edition of the show, um, you know, it, about how these this quarterback class here, it's, it's really two people. It's really just Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. There's not a third guy. People are trying to make a third guy happen, and it's just it's not going to happen. Um, so I think that they're going to be outside the range of a quarterback. So we're looking at Geno Smith for another year. Yeah, why not? I And he's got good players there. I mean, like you were talking about, it's not like he's throwing to bums. He's, he, they're all locked in for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking for bums, um, who's been the dis- biggest disappointment for you so far? Hey, uh, and, um, <laughs> and uh, is there any hope for a turnaround for that player? Yeah, I had a lot of a lot of other names here, and biggest surprise, like you know how bad the the Broncos would be. I, I, I was tempted to put Russ here as the answer to this question. I'm watching them right now, and it's so so bad. Um, but I actually I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to say DJ Moore, and in 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 tandem with him baker mayfield we talked on this show like i thought baker mayfield was a really nice quarterback buy i never expected him to be a top 12 14 quarterback but i thought he could spend many many years here as a solid quarterback too at a place like carolina but i think at this point uh he's pretty much done i don't think he gets another chance in the nfl um and more has definitely suffered for it he's wide receiver 52 uh here on the season he's not really getting a ton of targets uh, when he is, he's he's not really doing anything with them. Um, he has had bad quarterback play his whole career, so I thought we just kind of assumed, you know, no matter who's here, he'll be fine. I think he's showing us that there is a limit to to hit the magic he can work. Um, so I think he's been a disappointment. Um, and I don't have him a ton of places, but the places I do have him, um, I was really banking on him this year, and he's his production or lack thereof has really hurt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely hurts. I mean, I think quarterback plays a lot of it um, and his play style, I think also doesn't help because he's not really, it's not really conducive to touchdowns. He operates a lot in between the twenties, short air areas, um, which can be really good for PPR if he has a good quarterback, but if he doesn't, he's not able to get those touchdowns to save his fantasy day. So I think that does hurt on DJ. Um, I have him one or two places too definitely disappointing he's going to be hard to move for really any sort of value at this point he has to be a buy though right like i think he's still very young and i think we know by now that baker's not going to be his quarterback after this year like they're going to get another quarterback and i know we've said this every year and the monkey paw continues to curl i think we're almost out of fingers at this point but the quarterback play can't get any worse right (laughs) i think we've reached the limit where it can't get any worse so limit does not exist whether that means he stays there he goes elsewhere um i think that regardless the situation will be better next year 
Yeah, I mean, you got to hope. Uh, I had hope for for Baker um, turning it around there too. And you know, I'm not writing him off for dead yet either. Um, you know, he's. I still think he is a starting caliber NFL quarterback, even though he has not played like such so far. Um, you know, I'll give him a couple more weeks here before I completely write him off. But Carolina is bad. Uh, they might be in contention for the worst team this o- year. Over under three more games till Matt Rule is fired. Uh, well, they get San Francisco this week, so chalk that one up as an L. Um, chalk every game up. Like, I, there's not a game on that schedule that I look at. And I'm like. Carolina should win that one. I. <laughs> it's a good question. Um, and the next three yeah. games, I pulled it up here for you, Colin. Okay. I'm a nice guy. They I play 49ers this week, Rams the week after, then Tampa, then Atlanta. Oh man, oh, man. that's um, that's really tough. Give me, oh man, give me the over because they can justify it with. Well, those are good, really good teams. When they lose to Atlanta, then I think they're really like, okay, this is this is it. Get them out of here. So I'm going to say over, but just barely four games. I can't believe that they beat the Saints. Like if you're the Saints right now, you're like, oh, come on, like that. Well, Saints that, almost lost to the Falcons too. That's a that's a backbreaker. Yeah, I don't think the Saints are that great right now either. That division is terrible. <laughs> It's such duty. It was one of the best divisions in football for a little while when it was Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and not so much anymore. Uh, But disappointments on my end here, again, kind of the obvious answer here. I'm going with Allen Robinson. Um, I mean, he going to the Rams, being the wide receiver two in that offense, you know, it was wheels up. I thought he was a wide receiver too on the year here this year. We knew Cup was still going to eat, but that's fine. Plenty of targets to go around. He'll be all right. Uh, they don't have anybody else on the roster there, and they really don't. Um, Allen Robinson has been playing uh, a lot of snaps, 97%, 90%, 92%, and 99% of snaps this year, all over 90%. So he is an every single down player, essentially. Uh, but that is not turning into fantasy points at all. He's not really getting targets. He has one game with more than two catches and 25 yards. Um, the rest of the games, he has one catch under 25 yards. Just been absolutely terrible. He's a wide receiver, 72 on the year. Um, the Rams have been a disappointing team as well. Um, you know, they're not quite as good as we thought that they were going to be. We'll see if they can get that turned around. Um, but Allen Robinson, this is the second stop in a row where he just, you know, second season in a row where he's just been nothing. And last year, everybody wanted to blame it on Chicago. I think part of that was fair, but now it's looking like this is just Allen Robinson. And I think he might be washed. Yeah, it's sad. I definitely had some hope for him this year. He's impossible to sell. Yeah. Yeah. He's impossible to sell. You can't, you're not going to get anything for him. Nope. Anybody who sold him after last year, right before, right when he went over to the Rams, looking like a great move. I was the sucker on the other end of that. Oh, you bought? See, I did. I at least didn't buy him at all this offseason. I don't think I acquired any. <laughs> like, I did one or two startups. I don't think I took Allen Robinson either. Like, I don't. I don't think I went that route. Luckily, I bought him at the end of last year in two places. Like before 
he actually even went to the Rams. So I didn't buy him at his like rebound price. Like it was still fairly low, but I knew he was going to be a free agent. I knew there was no way he was going back to Chicago. Yeah. And I didn't think the situation could get any worse. So I did buy there. You got to stop saying that, man. Look what you've done. <laughs> Screw DJ Moore. You've screwed Allen Robinson. You've got that mustache. It can get worse. Stop. Man, it can get worse. Stop. Um, speaking of buying, though, uh, who's a player that a little bit disappointing so far, maybe for one reason or another, but that you're buying? You're, you're hoping for a rebound. Yeah, mine doesn't really fit into this at all. Um, but I think Brian Robinson is probably my my favorite buy right now. My problem is that in a lot of my leagues, for whatever reason, the guy that holds Brian Robinson has a good team, which maybe just shows maybe smart people went after him this offseason. Um, look, I don't even know if Brian Robinson is going to be a, like a good NFL back. I actually have kind of a feeling that maybe he isn't, but I think his price right now is so cheap for a guy that it sounds like Washington's coaching staff wants to do everything they possibly can to give the starting significant role to him there with the commanders. Um, I think he's a feel good story right now, obviously coming back from the gunshot injury. um, And he's already out practicing and he might be playing this week or or coming up here in the next few weeks. So I think he's a guy that could be one of those, those guys that is kind of a, a league winner down the stretch is like an RB two that you can kind of plug in. You weren't expecting that, that production from the guy Uh, long-term. I, I don't think he's like amazing. So I'm not, uh, uh, like spending sig- significant capital on him. Ideally, maybe you try to get him as like a throw-in in a different deal. I guess the most expensive, if I'm selling like a, a true dynasty rookie pick, would would maybe be like an early mid-second. And if I'm in a C2C league, it gets a little more complicated. It kind of depends on what you probably need at this point. Um, but it wouldn't be sign- anything significant. So, Yeah, no, I like the call to buy him there because like you said, the coaching staff really likes him. Uh, so... We, we we're pretty sure he's going to get the workload there. It doesn't seem like they want to give Antonio Gibson this huge workload. Um, you know, so probably a little bit of thunder lightning esque kind of a role there between those two. And, um, you know, he, he get the, the thunder role. So I like that call. Uh, my player that I'm buying here is uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, he's been definitely disappointing so far. You know, I almost put him in, one of the biggest disappointments or like an honorable mention there for, for that. But, you know, cause he has yet to have more than 10 fantasy points here. He's one game uh, with double digit carries. Um, Robinson on the other hand, James Robinson has had double digit carries in every game except for one this year. So it's early in the year here. It has been James Robinson. ETN has not really done anything. Now ETN is working his way back from that injury last year. Um, but it's starting to swing. It's starting to shift a little bit more towards ETN. Uh, last week, ETN had a 51% snap share rate, uh, and James Robinson had 47. Uh, so ETN outsnapped him last week. That was the first week that that had happened. Uh, his snap share has been climbing a little bit here. And last week, they both had the same number of carries. Um, so you know, it was in a blowout game. Um, well. It was in a game that they jumped out to a lead earlier and then ended up losing to um, Philly. Um, so, you know, game script wasn't great after, you know, like the mid second quarter, but 
Um, ETN still getting the most snaps there. That's interesting. He's also had three targets every week except for one. So, you know, he's getting more of the passing game usage. That's you were going to say three targets total. I was like, oh, he's got three <laughs> targets? No, that would be James not Robinson. Not one, not two. <laughs> wow. Um, so he's getting more of the passing down work than Robinson is already. Um, and if he continues to increase that snap share, I would expect that to climb as well. And he's looked good when he has had some touches here. He's 12th in yards created per touch. So, you know, we're kind of seeing him get back to his point, you know, his, his pre-injury level a little bit here, maybe. Um, so, but the perception on him is definitely down from where it was uh, at the start of the season. And I think I would use this as a chance to buy before the snap share starts to swing back into his way. Yeah, I think uh, I kind of agree with you, actually. And it's not because I think he is good, but Robinson has not been good. Like Robinson right. has got some volume early, so it, it propped him up. But I believe I saw that like basically he's the worst running back in terms of like explosive plays and breaking tackles. Like he's not himself, not what he was pre-injury, even though maybe the stats said that he was close to that. So I actually kind of agree just because Robinson is is fool's gold, and uh, that could be his job. Wow, you actually agree with me on something. I know. Uh, let's end the show. Let's end the show right here. Sorry, week five, no preview. Um, no, we can't do that to the people. I care too much about the people. Um, so, week five preview here. Start of the week. Uh, who you got? My start of the week is. Drum roll, please. George Pickens. Oh. I wasn't expecting to quite have that long of a discussion on him earlier. Yeah, I think he's my start of the week. I think um, he's going to get seven to ten targets, and the Steelers are going to throw the ball. They, they're not going to one two, but they're going to have to throw the ball 30, 35 times in this game. I think it's almost unavoidable. Um, so, yeah, I think he's my start of the week. I, you have to plug him in. I have, there's one place that I'm not starting him because we have a, we have taxi squad and like, he was a Debbie pick for me. So we, mm. like, we have taxi squad stealing. Can't touch steal him because he was a Debbie pick for me many years ago. So like I'm hiding him over there. Um, my team is not good. But um, otherwise, I'm starting him everywhere. I like it. Uh, my start of the week here is Josh Jacobs. Um, he had a really nice week last week. 22 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns. He's had five catches in back-to-back weeks. Actually, identical stat lines of five catches for 31 yards. Um, so he's been getting on a little bit of a roll here. I think that uh, Las Vegas offense is taking a little bit of time to click. I do expect them to kind of get going because they have Derek Carr, very competent quarterback. They have Devontae Adams, really nice um, option there. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. They have some really nice pieces. So I think that's going to get going a little bit. Um, and Josh Jacobs has, you know, started to pick up as that offense has picked up. He gets the chiefs this week. The chiefs allow 27.6 fantasy points per game to running backs, um, which is the seventh most. And no team has allowed more receiving yards to running backs than the chiefs at 277 yards. So he can get it done on the ground. This he's been getting it done through the air, and this is going to be a nice matchup for him to continue to get some looks through the air as well. So I'm firing up Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, I um 
I think he's going to be pretty good rest of the season. Seems like they really are committing to him as a bell cow for the first time in forever. Now watch yeah. he's, he's going to, you know, knock on wood. Something's going to happen, but uh, yeah, that's the way things tend to work. We can't have nice things. Um, sit of the week here. Uh, who you got? Who you sitting? Uh, I don't have one. <laughs> so I, actually, do you want, you want to know a good one that I think I, I, I would sit. This is a, t- I, I don't like recommending this because realistically you probably don't have a backup tight end. But I don't yeah. think TJ Hawkinson is going to have a very good week this week. He's besides last week hasn't really been a major part of the game plan. I know they're missing a couple of their receivers, which was what got him all the targets last week. But I think New England's going to just try to take him away. Like I think that's going to basically they're going to try to force Goff into making some tough decisions, and they're going to take out TJ Hawkinson. So I, uh, I, I, again, you you might not have a good, another guy to, to plug in, but I don't like him this week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a. It, a good point there because especially they're going to be without DeAndre Swift uh, sounding like they're also going to be without Amon the Ross St. Brown. So really Hawkinson is the best option there. And Bill Belichick knows how to scheme out the best offensive player for your team. Um, he's done it time and again um, against the chiefs, you know, with Kelsey. Uh, so I, I like that call there too, but you're right. You probably don't have a better option. If you do, I would definitely start them. Um, my sit of the week here is Aaron Rodgers. Um, he has not been very good this year, at least from a fantasy perspective. Um, you know, under 17 fantasy points in every single game this season. Um, he's not thrown for more than 260 yards passing in a game yet. Uh, he has not thrown for more than two touchdowns in a game yet. So his passing volume not been very good. Uh, he's not the rusher that he was early in his career. He's still mobile, but he's not going to be breaking off these runs. Um, so he's not really even getting you any points with his legs either. And the Giants hold quarterbacks to 13.8 fantasy points per game. Um, so the Giants defense has been good this year. Um, I expect that to continue. I, I don't think that's an aberration so far. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is not a guy that I'm starting this week. Um, all right, last one, and then I'll get you out of here. Uh, (laughs) uh, who is your flex play of the week here? Uh, this is one I don't, I don't have a name for it. I'm very sorry. I failed you. It's all right. No worries. My flex play of the week here. I'm trying not to kill me. Jeff Wilson, Jr. Uh, running back there for San Francisco and, Ever since Elijah Mitchell's gone down, double-digit carries in every single game, 18, 12, and 18. Uh, He didn't have any targets last week, but he had at least two every other week. So he's getting a little bit of work there in the passing game. Um, The biggest thing with him, though, is he only has one touchdown so far um, through those three games. So given his usage, um, given San Francisco's offense and their offensive philosophy, I think that's going to write itself. I think he has some positive touchdown regression coming here, and it's probably coming this week. They get the Panthers. You know, we talked earlier about how bad the Panthers are. They also allow the seventh most rush yards to running backs here, um, so they allow a lot of yards. Uh, they're not a very good team, so I think positive game script in his future. This will be a good week for him to get in the end zone here. Uh, I like Jeff Wilson this week. So I actually do have a flex play, Colin. (gasps) I know. Okay. I know. You stalled. Good work. Yeah, no problem. My flex play this week is Corey Davis. 
going up mm-hmm. against Miami. I like okay. him. Um, this year, he's getting a fair amount of targets. He's got 26 on the season. He does uh, every game, basically, except for one. He's had either 70 yards or a touchdown, like or and, and multiple times he's had both. So he's getting, you know, if it's a PPR league, he's hitting <clears throat> double digits, which is kind of what you want out of some of these deeper flex plays. Um, and I think against Miami, I know no Tua, but I still think Miami can put up some points. Uh, I think they'll have to score a little bit. I, I think he gets seven or eight targets. I'm going to say 70 yards and a touchdown. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Miami has Teddy two gloves there at quarterback, and he's a competent, you know, quarterback. He's a one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. So you he know, didn't I don't look think... bad when he came in the other week, um, but it, like you never know if it was kind of that luck of of stepping into a game mm-hmm. or not. I also think Miami's offense is like at least their skill position players are set up in a way that is conducive to most quarterbacks. You know, as long as you are a point guard type quarterback, distribute the ball, get it to your playmakers, get it out of your hand early, don't make mistakes. You know, you just let Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle do the rest. And, you know, you have Mike Kosicki when you get into the red zone. So you have a couple other pieces there. You know, Chase Edmonds is a nice dump off option. So I think that offense is set up in a way that they're not going to miss Tua too much. Uh, You know, Tua having a nice resurgence here, having a very nice year. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, But I think the offense has definitely been helping him. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Uh, all right, that is going to do it for us here tonight. Oh, thank God. Sorry, I said, oh, I thought I was muted. Whoops. No, you're oh. good. You're, it's, it's okay. Uh, 45 minutes. It was right around the time I promised you. We're a little over. I do apologize. I did have to stall for you, so I think we're even. Um, But be sure to check out the rest of the pods on the Campus to Canton feed here. Uh, as you're finishing up this one, go listen to the Back to Devi podcast that just dropped in your feed today. Uh, if you're on the college side, you're looking for some waiver advice. I know a lot of you guys are. Listen to Chasing the Natty from Monday. Listen to Campus Life on Tuesday. We're always there to help you out with that. Uh, we got Bet on C2C on Wednesdays. Devi Debate on Thursdays. They just had a nice mock draft for the 2023 class. Um, you know, if you're at the point of the year where you're ready to pack it in and, and you know, play for next year, go listen to that one. Got a lot of good names in that. Uh, check out the YouTube page as well. We got a lot of great content going on over there. College football mornings every single morning. That is also where you can find our uh, tailgate Saturday mornings at 1030 to right up till kickoff. Uh, and then that's also where you can find College Fantasy Tonight, uh, the wrap up show uh, after the Saturday games of, are over. Uh, so check all that stuff out over there. Go download the Better Sports app and check us out at 8 to 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Uh, the Better Sports app has a ton of great shows over there. Uh, definitely got to check out that app um, and all the shows just even beyond us. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.